Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. This is Scott Hansen, high-performance business strategist, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, podcast host right here on Success Hackers. It's on Success Hackers that we are all about empowering you, our entrepreneurial audience, to take your business to entirely new heights. We do that by interviewing some of the most talented and successful entrepreneurs on the planet and then having them share their success strategies and hacks with us. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to download the show, subscribe to the show, and then spread the word about success hackers across social media. It's because of you we get a chance to empower and impact other entrepreneurs all over the world just like you. And as a matter of fact, Success Hackers is now downloaded and listened to by individuals in over 65 countries and growing. So again, thank you so much. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, make sure to do that. Just go to successhackers.net and then click the subscribe button. If you haven't yet listened to the last show, check it out because we had the team behind the Barefoot Wine Company, Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey on the show, and they were, they were just incredible. So if you're looking to scale your business and then ultimately sell that business, make sure to listen to my interview with them because it was incredible. Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to chat with someone who has multiple businesses and revenues in those businesses that exceed over $24 million per year and growing rapidly. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Robert Hartline. Robert, are you ready to rock? Scott, I have been rocking. Haven't you heard me? <laughs> yes. With $24 million in total revenue across his companies, Robert Hartline is an experienced and successful serial entrepreneur. In 1998, he started his first company, Absolute Wireless, which now owns and operates 15 wireless retail stores. In addition, Robert co-founded CallProof, a smartphone application dedicated to maximizing the efficiency of outside sales teams for businesses all over the United States. Robert, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you on the show. God, thanks for having me. So, Robert, I gave Hacker Nation a brief description of who you are, but would love for you to share a little bit more about you and your business. Well, um, so, Scott, I, uh, been in, uh, I started my company 18 years ago and accidentally got into retail. Uh, but in, in the retail business, I had uh, some outside salespeople, and um, I really had, had trouble managing outside sales guys. And so what I would do is I'd train them, and I'd spend um, three months getting them the product knowledge, uh, doing mock sales calls, doing all the things you're supposed to do with a, with a new hire to get them to sell. They'd leave the office, go out. I'd tell them, go out and make some kills and bring home some meat. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, three months later, I'd be letting these guys go because mm. they weren't selling anything. And uh, one day I was lucky enough to let go of a guy and he gave me his phone his last day. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to answer his phone while since he's gone and, 
maybe I can close some sales from all the businesses he's been working. And over the next two weeks, his phone never rang. You know, here's a guy that had been with me for probably about a year. And, uh, you know, his phone that he was using for business would not ring. So, you know, he, and so it got me thinking, it's like, what was he doing? Cause he had all these funnel reports, all these people about the clothes. And I started reaching out to these people and these people did not exist. They were fictitious. They were not real. <laughs> and, uh, he was filling out the CRM. He's filling out a sales force. He was doing all this stuff to say he had all this stuff working and it was all lies. And so I said, man, if I just had an app that took their call history and threw it up to the cloud and matches it with known clients and prospects, and then if I could use an app that was kind of like Facebook where you check into a restaurant and import the company name, address, and phone number, it would be nice, and I could I would know in real time how effective our salespeople were, You know, meaning are they doing the work? Are they talking to the strangers in order to close a sale? Now, you know – whether they're good at closing or not is irrelevant if your salespeople aren't actually talking to real life people. So, right. <laughs> so I, you can't work on sales skills with no activity. It's like pointless. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's how Callproof was born, and and you know we've been hitting it for about four years now, and we're an Android iPhone, and you know we just help primarily we help outside sales guys find more customers because we basically make a tool that's super easy for them to identify prospects and customers that they're right next to that they could prospect to using our app and getting getting there fast uh, and knowing and being able to see more people makes makes it easy for salespeople to do their job. So let's go down that a little bit further because you top-lined it, obviously, um, with what it is, but how does it actually work? Let's spend maybe a minute on how does the app actually work and how does it actually tie the sales rep into the prospect? Basically, in order for you to go out and, and own your marketplace, number one, you got to know who you're going to sell your sell your products to. So, you know, we have a uh, we have a client that sells Nissan forklifts, and every uh, month Nissan will say, "All right, in the in the state of Georgia, there were 300 forklifts sold in the state of Georgia," and if they know that they sold 30 forklifts, then they know exactly what their market share is. And so what they do is we'll take a list of all who their ideal prospects are. And who is that? That's big box retail. That's factories. That's buildings with excess of 10,000 or more square feet. Um, and they'll, they'll take uh, that list and assign it to their salespeople based on territory. And, um, you know, uh, selling a forklift is, is not an impulse buy. You know, it, it, uh, it, it's not something they just buy off the shelf. It's bought through relationships. Right. And so, you know, one of our clients, will, they literally go to these businesses. And, and honestly, these businesses aren't, you know, clicking on a Facebook ad to buy a forklift. Right. I and mean, there's no way else to get into that big business without knocking on the door, like sometimes walking through the back door and building a relationship with them and, and getting them to, to do business with them. And so it's very, I mean, we, most of our clients are, I mean, these are not very tech oriented. Uh, it's it's the way they sell. They have to see people, shake hands, build a relationship, and so they use the app. So once we import the company names and addresses of all their prospective people they could sell to, uh, they use the app to literally go from town to town and visit these businesses. Um, or uh, if you didn't have any data at all, we have a Google Places feature that takes Google business data that's already out there. So let's say you're selling to um, send janitorial supplies to restaurants. 
uh, and you were right in front of an Applebee's on Main Street, USA, you would hit our button and check into that Applebee's and it imports the company name, address, phone number, all the pertinent information while they stand there just by clicking one little button. And all the sales rep has to do is who'd you talk to? So you need a first, last name and what's their email address? And then follow up. What'd you talk about and when should you do something next? So we make it easy for them to kind of report that. Hmm. And so, you know, for, from the, and then we track email and we, we can show your salespeople on a map. I mean, there's all these things we can do, but our most important person in this whole transaction is a app that's easy for the sales rep to see more people. Because if he sees more people, he's going to close more sales and my clients are going to be super happy. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the old, the old, the old saying is sales is a numbers game and you guys are taking this to a whole new level, but you're giving the power not only in the management or the leadership team to find out if the salesperson is actually doing what they're saying, but it's also making it uh, easier for the actual sales rep to see their potential prospects. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm amazed to this day. I mean, every single day that we get a new customer, I'm always slammed in this relationship with the customer where either they want a tool to track, see what their people are doing, but they don't give the the, the salespeople the resources to do it. You know, most people that hire salespeople, they they hire them and they do a little bit of training and they all right, good luck. Right. I mean, they literally have no pin, to, no one to call on. They don't know who the, they don't even know what the first steps are. And most people are not going to think outside the box on how to find these people to talk to. And uh, so many people skip that step. So we eliminate that. So when someone comes aboard, we we literally find their prospects. We load them in the database. We do hands to hand combat training. Uh, with our salespeople through through uh, online meetings, where we literally show them how to check in, check out. This is your daily process. This is what you should be doing Monday through Friday. Uh, this is how you keep track of this. this. These are some hit tips and tricks. And the last thing we do is we train managers and managers and owners to use the data for good. You know, we talk a lot on the show about having a USP or unique selling proposition, or even having what I call a market dominating position for a business. With all the softwares and the apps that are out there, what are the strategies that you guys have in place so that CallProof can really stand out from the competition? I mean, you you just alluded to it that it's not just an app, that you guys are the extension in a way of doing some training for that specific company's sales team and getting them up to speed on how to sell in a way. But besides that, how do you actually now take this incredible concept and then really market it to a point where people really start to uh, to understand and know what it is. Yeah, and for us, I think it primarily is um, we really preach that so many people buy CRM that's input-driven types of platforms where you have to get the people to put the stuff in. High-performance salespeople don't give you any data, and losers make up shit. And so <laughs> – um, and that just doesn't work. What you need is a tool that, you know, in, and we happen to have a tool which automatically takes all their emails, throws them into the cloud, matches with known clients and prospects, puts in a news feed along with their calls, along with their day-to-day face-to-face visits. And so it's still, there's no mystery about the activity done. It's just in there. You know, it, 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 if I take a high-performance salesperson and look at their email correspondence with clients and prospects, it's high because they're hustling. And that's automatic. He don't even have to touch the system, and it's tracking all that. Uh, underperformer that's not emailing anybody and not doing any activity stands out like a sore thumb. So I can literally take the activity from high-performance salespeople and attach point values, do that same thing with the underperformers, 
and then take the actual sales results from the team and take those two things together, and it's clear who wins and who's losing. If you have a underperformer, but he's doing all the activity, I'm willing to sit down with that person, meaning the owner of the company should be willing to sit down with that person and work on sales skills. He's got the activity. He's got the drive and motivation. He's doing the work, but he's just maybe not very good at talking on the phone. He maybe is not very good on, the, on, a, on a closing scenario. But those things are trainable. But you can't coach somebody not talking to strangers to be better at it. That's right. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, you know, it's a long way around to, to answer that question. But, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, I love great salespeople. They just drive me to do better. And, uh, it, it's fun supporting them. Yeah. It's interesting. That was my previous life prior to being a high performance business coach and here a podcaster and now an author and a speaker. That's what I did for 15 years was, you know, account management, um, leadership and uh, sales. And man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> It would have been really cool to have this this tool for me too, because I know to your point. I mean, if you're not really kind of honed in as a salesperson um, and having that fence that you're talking about, a lot of times you just kind of go aimlessly, and you think you're actually doing stuff from an activity standpoint. But the reality of it is, is activity and productivity are two different things. Oh, absolutely. So to and have, you know, yeah. Go ahead. And there's this huge movement now with social media and and, and using social media to, to get customers. And but I. So many of these guys get so freaking distracted with the shiny object online, thinking that it's going to be their magic taste of getting, you know, unbelievable success. And if I, if you really talk to the ones that are really doing it right, they're doing it old school. They're doing, they're making uncomfortable conversations into great conversations. They're calling someone that does not want to talk to them. And they're getting appointments with those people, the old school way of just freaking reaching out and calling a 10 digit number. And, uh, they're winning. And, you know, all these other guys are, you know, sitting behind their computer and LinkedIn and browsing all day and getting sucked into the vortex of, you know, click here for the next five ways to win your next prospect. And like, instead of actually doing some prospecting, they're reading about it, but not doing anything about it. So, Robert, we love our aha moments here on Success Hackers. When you started Call Proof, was there maybe like an aha or a light bulb moment when you knew that this was the breakthrough that you've been waiting for and sure enough, things started to fall into place? Do you remember that exact one light bulb moment? Yeah, I had, I had a wireless customer. I used to manage my, my business customers and we're building the app because I had this pain. I was so freaking frustrated with not having a tool that just had me that gave me their freaking uh, call history, you know, um, and we're building it and a, and a customer of mine called me up and says, listen, we got these 10 salespeople. I know there's apps to track, you know, what the sales, where the salespeople are and on a map. This really doesn't do me much. I can, I see them around, but I want to know who they're calling. I don't know who they're emailing. And I was like, freaking a i'm building that i'm so glad <laughs> i was like i am building this it's like someone will buy it you know and i didn't follow what the traditional uh you know software development cycle where you call and get a bunch of people to go ahead and pay up front for your right. app before you right. build it so you can justify it but i knew myself i was like gosh when i'm other around other people like me and we're talking about outside sales the conversation is it's the same damn conversation over and over. They don't know what happens when the salesperson leaves the office. You know, they interviewed great. Uh, they would be a great guy to have a beer with. The guy's going to go and kill it. And then when he doesn't kills it, kill it, 
they're like, what happened? Like they're, they're asking themselves, you know, what's wrong with us, you know? Uh, but, um, so that was my aha moment that, that I knew someone else was wanting the same thing that, that I was building. So that was, for me, that was it. Yeah. And it just, again, Hacker Nation, you know, to get that gut feeling, you know, a lot of times <laughs> to, Ro- to Robert's point, you know, you kind of do the testing first and then you see if there's a test market in, in a pretty substantial way and then you build around that. But in his, in his example, he just knew it. I mean, he's a sales guy. He's a business owner. He was around salespeople. He had other people tell him, hey, this is what we're looking for. And sure, <laughs> sure enough, great timing because you were already building it. And I, you know, we tell people all the time, we have the same conversation on the show, which is if you have that gut feeling and you know that there's a pain out there, because however you want to discuss it, there was a pain from other previous customers or current customers of yours to say, hey, this is what we're dealing with. Do we have something out there like that? That should tell you right off the bat, there is a pain in the marketplace that if you come up with a solution or a better mousetrap, you can build a pretty successful business around it. A lot of entrepreneurs start their entrepreneurial journey either one of two ways. And you said that you basically started yours with something that there was a need and that you already had this being built. Um, but there's really two ways. Either they follow their passion and they end up doing something they're really passionate about, or they find a need or a problem in the marketplace like I shared, and then they create a company around that. For every one of your companies, was it more of a it's a need in the marketplace that you exploited, or was it more of simply a matter of having a passion for these industries? Uh, well, I definitely was not passionate about retail, uh, but you know, I've, I had been selling phones since I was in uh, my first year of college. You know, selling phones door to door and end up getting the in in the retail side of things. Um, I've always freaking loved the art of selling because uh, to me, um, the fact that I could literally be homeless right now and have a home to sleep in in a day or two just by using what comes out of my mouth, how I build relationships with people, and how and how you sell, and it's just like an unbelievable skill. It's better than another language. Well, what about someone listening? They says, "All right, well, this guy obviously he knows what he's talking about. He's around salespeople. He he's been in sales for a long time." But you know what? That word sales, it just kind of it just maybe rubs me the wrong way. What could you tell someone that's out there listening to say, you know what? Maybe they feel they're not good in sales. Maybe they have this vision of the guy in the 1970s zoot suit, you know, with the plaid suit, and he's selling the the used car salesman sort of look and feel. When you think about that visual or that person saying, "I'm not good at sales" or "I don't really like sales," what would you say to that person? Thanks for giving me the opportunity to sell more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, you know, you know, we all need uh, people to do other types of work. And, um, you know, it's not my job to to necessarily inspire someone to get in sales. You know, I, I got to speak in front of a, a group of uh, high schoolers that are in this leadership program. And, I, and that's the place to inspire people to get into sales because the school system isn't creating a world of entrepreneurs through their curriculum. It doesn't exist. They don't talk about it. Now, why don't they talk about it? Because, heck, if you inspired students that were impressionable to start businesses who would freaking work for other business owners like who would be the workers there would be nobody and so you know i told him in this in this thing i was like listen you know if you uh number one 
if you want to go to uh, college and go uh, get a medical degree or, or help people in, in healthcare, you need to go higher education. That's great. I have nothing for you. I get no advice. But if you can't stay concentrate, you can't concentrate. Your ideas are all over the place. You love to daydream. Uh, you have five or six things going at once. You're terrible at school. You got shitty grades. Then sales may be for you, <laughs> and it can lead into entrepreneurship. So. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be able to sell to get into entrepreneurship. It's very rare that someone that is in a business that doesn't require some point of, some task that involves selling. Unless you're very, very lucky. Um, but, you know, sales by far is the most lucrative profession on planet Earth. Period. End of story. Yeah. You gave me one person that needs all this kind of school that makes more money than you can make in sales. They don't exist. And to your point, I mean, when you become an entrepreneur, no matter how you want to slice it or dice it, even if you're not good at it, you ultimately have to sell. And some people look at it as enrolling. Some people call it other things. But at the end of the day, it's a sale. Your service, your product for their money. That's just the bottom line. And the sooner you get over the fact that it's quote unquote sales and I don't want to sell hard and all those other things, the reality of it is there's so many different levels and approaches to selling that you don't have to be this hardcore, pushy salesperson to get anything done. I know a lot of mm, introverted yep. individuals, a lot of introverted individuals that are unbelievable salespeople, but you would never in a million years pick them out of a lineup to say they're good sales. They're just really good with the customer. Mm, that's right. And, and, you know, the introvert, I, I love the introvert salesperson because a good introverted salesperson is very humble. On the other side, if you get someone that's an extrovert, that usually extroverts like to talk. And so they say, yap, 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 yap. And in a selling scenario, that is terrible to do. If you're an introvert and you just ask enough questions to keep the client talking, they're talking about themselves. You're just uncovering new pieces of ammo to use against them later to make a sale. But you're very quiet. You're humble. You're listening. You're getting them to talk about their pain point. You're making the pain hurt more. And then you can get into a world where you do a sale that is very comfortable. So you're not like the car salesman type or, um, or the, or the typical insert, uh, you know, any, uh, classic movie scenario of what a, you know, shitty salesperson is. Um, and you don't have to do that way. I mean, it really, honestly, anybody can sell if they just work at it. So, Robert, our Hacker Nation community, as you know, listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help them grow themselves and business. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What's two actionable steps or success hacks that our listeners can take, like, right after the show in order to start positioning themselves for growth in their business? Number one, if it's in their business, uh, you know, I'm a huge EMS fan and 10 years ago, I made a decision that I was no longer a technician in my business. Fundamentally, I have three things I do all day, and that is lead, learn, and I think. And if I'm doing anything outside of those three things, I'm hobbling my business. Um, because uh, if, if something requires me to do something, then I am the bottleneck in the entire operation. Um, so my business should survive without me. You know, Hacker Nation, what Robert was alluding to – if you're not familiar, it's a book by Michael Gerber. It's called The E-Myth, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it for any, for any small business owner and entrepreneur to really pick that book up 
and to take some serious notes because uh, it's a game changer without a doubt. All right, Robert, we are now entering the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the Success Hackers version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Robert Hartline, are you ready for the randomness round? Let's do it. Best advice you've ever received? Stop being a salesperson in my organization. So, so Jack Daly, uh, he's done some coaching with us in the past. And he, in his book, he teaches uh, that you cannot be your own salesperson in your organization. You have to hire salespeople to sell. You can't be an owner, manager, and the lead guy at your company and sell. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Oh, i got to work out seven days a week. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice... Would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Look up Michelle Vander Hayden. She was freaking smoking hot. I could have asked her out, and I just totally didn't. What's one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? I'm not scared to try. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I am really, really creative, and I don't talk about a lot of my ideas because I'm embarrassed how silly they are. What's one book that you've read that made an impact on your business? 48 Laws of Power. If you can recommend one social media tool or service to Hacker Nation, what might that be? So I would have to say I use Jing to do screen recordings. All right, Robert, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for all your time and sharing these incredible success hacks and strategies with our Hacker Nation community. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business, Robert? They can visit me at callproof.com forward slash blog, or they can email me at robert at callproof.com. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Robert, along with some other really cool resources that we have on the site. And also, when you're on the site, don't forget, hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Remember, for all the listeners here on Success Hackers, Audible is giving away a free audiobook download with your 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash success hackers. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Grab your 30-day free membership by going to audibletrial.com forward slash success hackers. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.